this tape and other materials produced by Harvest Time are reserved. For additional copies, or for a complete catalog of materials available through Harvest Time, please contact us at the address on the label. We trust that the following message will be of blessing and benefit to you. This is going down, sir, ma'am. Everything else is going to perish. Did you hear me? We need a... Thank you for your interest in this cassette produced by the Wisconsin District United Pentecostal Church Harvest Time Department. All reproduction rights to this tape and other materials produced by Harvest Time are reserved. For additional copies or for a complete catalog of materials available through Harvest Time, please contact us at the address on the label. We trust that the following message will be of blessing and benefit to you. is going down, sir, ma'am. Everything else is going to perish. Did you hear me? We need a systematic chapter by chapter teaching going on in every church in this nation because this is all that's going to stand. And your prayers have to pray this for your prayers to be answered because God wants his will to be done. This is his will. And as Brother Godair so capably told us, he willeth not that any should perish. So you're always on key praying for the salvation of your families and for the salvation of this lost world. I'm excited about our possibilities. I'm excited about our possibilities. Because he can save by many or a few. If he just has one, he can thresh a mountain with it. He can use a worm of the dust you're nobody, folks. None of us. I don't care what the platitudes, I don't care what they tell us we are. We know ourselves and God knows us. And it is only as we give ourselves as a channel to Him every day through whom He can work. Somebody that can be a vessel in His mighty hands. It is He and He alone. It is His power. It's His resurrection, glorified power that can flow through us. Oh, that we would make ourselves so available and cleanse our house and kick over everything and drive it out. And I'm working on that, and I'm not there yet, I don't mind telling you, I'm working on that. I'm working on that bad, because I want to be so that my prayers are unhindered. Because the limitless, boundless power of prayer is indescribable. There's nobody can tell you about it. There's nobody can sound the depths of it. I make a connection with Him today by which supernatural things can happen as I walk, as I go. Illumination, light, water, salt, bread, all of it flows out of my life. If we are an extension of Him and a counterpart of Him, our great and mighty Lord in Christ, our bridegroom, and we the bride here on the job training, qualifying to sit in the throne with Him. Oh, know His Word and know learn to join hands with Him in prayer. Walk shoulder to shoulder with your man. Not behind him. Not in front of him. Walk shoulder to shoulder with your bridegroom. We're going to rule and reign. We're going to judge angels. We're going to judge this world. 
And he gave me a shrine, a body from which he can launch all of his mighty weapons into this world. And this is one of them. Hallelujah. Prayer launches it. Fasting launches it. This launches it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're going to do it. Say, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And our lifestyle is going to become that of prayer. Because prayer releases the power of God into any situation. I want that to grab you. Because I'm not here to impress you as a speaker. Because I was telling them on the way here, it was for five years after I was married to my wonderful husband, who was a revivalist that went in 1948 to South, uh, to uh, Gary, Indiana, where the weather patterns there are very erratic. Even in the summertime, it can dip to 50 or 60. We went there in January for 10 days. They were going to give us a tryout. And we went there for 10 days, stayed 10 weeks, and it was 10 below zero every night. Over 100 before charismatic, glossolalia, or all of that. 100 people were filled with the Holy Ghost and were baptized, and five preachers came out of there that are pastoring even in Indiana to this very day. I'm telling you that to tell you that at 8 o'clock in the morning, that man that I'm married to went to the church. I saw him at 5 o'clock that evening. I became a little servant to uh, whomever I was with to wash their dishes, to peel their potatoes and do all of that and, and, and everything. And it was just revival. And it became a way of life. You just thought of nothing but souls and having revival. And you don't ever change that. You live that way. You just stay that way. You just pray God takes you. But for five years, I just played the, in that revival. I just spoke to people and smiled at them. Prayed a little bit in the altar. I mean this. I'm telling you. Prayed a little bit in the altar. Didn't testify. Had never taught a Sunday school class. Brother Mangan would look at me and say, you inherited your religion. You inherited it. You got it when you were six years old. You need a new baptism. But I said, Carol, don't hurt my baby. Don't do me like that. Please be sweet to me. He said, you're going to have to let everything out of your life. You're going to have to let God give you something. And he had told me when he engaged himself to me, he said, uh, it wasn't out, out, out under a moonlit sky, believe me. It was this. You'll either pray an hour every day, fast one day a week. Now, doesn't that sound romantic? <laughs> That's a lifestyle. That's being committed to your ministry and no woman's even going to get in the path of it. And if God don't want this, he can just kill one of us. I said, no, you just hold it just a minute. If you don't want me, somebody else does. <laughs> but I got into business. Because I said, I'm not going to eat that man's dust. I'm not going to eat that dust. <laughs> I'm going to get myself to this. This is real. I'm going to get in on this. I'm not called to preach, but I've married a ministry. And it's a ministry. And if I can't enhance it and advance it, God, just, just don't ever let this come to pass. And through much prayer and much fasting, and then one night in Lake Charles, Louisiana, where the late Brother Evans was pastoring, and after days of prayer and fasting, continuously, not, not uh, contracted days, uh, I woke Brother Mangan up one night and I said, I, I was crying convulsingly. And I, I, it, I couldn't talk. And he grabbed me and shook me and said, What's the matter? I said, Don't get scared. I'm not being called to preach. But I said, You won't never have no more trouble out of me. 
praying in the altar, witnessing to people. I said, you may be sorry you ever prayed this down on me because I won't ever be the same anymore. It became a lifestyle. And that's what's got to happen, folks. That last night was so wonderful, and that's good. But you got a You've got to make up your mind. I'm going to commit to this, and it's going to become a way of life. I want to tell anybody here visiting today, you get you a good look at this world. The fashion of this world passeth away. And Paul said, even you who are married, let it be as though you were not. And you who buy and sell, don't abuse your privileges here because you're not here long enough. It's all going to pass away. But only what you do for Christ and in the power of the Holy Ghost will you get rewarded for at the judgment seat of Christ. Please excuse me. That makes me so... I'll just lay this across here if you don't mind. I'll just lay this across here. Thank you so much for the matters. You're such a gentleman. Every man needs to take lessons from you. So I cannot overemphasize the critical nature of prayer. Prayer is the means of knowing the purpose and power of God, as did Daniel when he got the revelation of the times that we're living in. Close the book. Go fill your place. Forget that. I'm going to use you yet in this generation. That's not for you, but it knocked the breath out of him. We need to pray until we get new revelations. What are you doing in this earth, God? Do I have to go to a prayer conference in Wisconsin to find out what you're doing? In my prayer room, God Almighty, open up the scroll to me and show me my family. Let me see them dropping into hell. Let me take a, let me take a look over into there. Open my understanding and let me realize and let me know and let me see. Let me have an understanding of your purpose and of your power that's available to me if I make myself accessible to you. Because, folks, we have access now. The throne room is open and you're lingering on the outside. It's available. You can have it. And I choose to give myself to something that's going to last. What I leave to Anthony, Mickey, and Michael and Gentry, I, I kid him and because he works on me real hard from the pulpit because he loves being my pastor. Because I used to do the kicking on him and now he does the kicking on me. But for all of his ministry, I have given his, his birthday, I have given that as a day of prayer and fasting to the Lord. And now little Gentry joins him on that day. My having to stay with my mother, he came to me and said, Mother, do that in the home with Mumsy today and just link up with her and bring the years forward and all of that. There's so much to be accomplished. But the best thing I could leave them, and I kid him, and I say, you do that, you, you hit my kill like that again, and I'll, you won't get in on my inheritance. And I'm kidding, because I don't have that much. But I will tell you what, I'd rather have those vials filled up than after I'm gone. You're a lucky man. 
What an inheritance. What a legacy. And this church is blessed. This church is blessed because somebody distinguished themselves. Say that with me. Because that's going to be my subject. Turn me down just a bit. Uh, Some man distinguished himself as a man of faith. It became his lifestyle. I want to talk about prayer distinguishes you if you make it a lifestyle of prayer. You can become distinguished in prayer. You've heard people say, we're glad to have our distinguished leaders here. They distinguish themselves in the field of leadership. You can distinguish yourself, little widow woman. You can put your two mites in here and sound around the world for 2,000 years. You can distinguish yourself as somebody so powerful in prayer that they'll beat a path to your back door wherever you live because this world is hungry and they will find you in a restaurant and they will look at you and they will weep and they will say, you're a woman of prayer and I knew when you walked through that door because I have a need because there is something around you that lets me know that you are a woman of prayer. We have never discovered the boundlessness of prayer. Prayer opens the door into dimensions beyond your understanding. Don't let some pastor have to kick your shins to call you to prayer. If every one of our United Pentecostal churches were involved at the same time, if it were possible, in prayer, and if that can't be, if you could just have a school of prayer in your own church, if you could just have a concert of prayer, if you could just have groups of prayer, families praying together, not gossiping together, not talking together, praying, focusing on the, on the harvest, and just have a school of prayer and qualify our kids in spiritual warfare. For prayer is the greatest agency Put into man's hands. Prayer gets the devil like nothing else we can ever do. Prayer gets the devil. He is fearful when the weakest one is on their knees. I call your attention to 1 Chronicles chapter 4, 9 through 10, where a man distinguished himself, where a man distinguished himself in a lifestyle of prayer. And if you're there, I would like to, would you like me to get closer or come back? Just right? Seems like I hear a ring. Come forward. Stay back. When I get going, I may get loud. I'm capable. I'm capable of getting violent. Because this, this is in me. It's in me. I don't mind telling you it's in me. Oh no, I'm not that good. I don't want you to even ever... I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I'm not any good. I got more hang-ups than you'd even ever want to know about. You got time, I could tell you about all of them. Part of them. I won't. Because you got too many yourself. But you know what? God don't look at that because there's no plastic saints in His Bible. None. You ever get to thinking you're pretty good, you're done for. You're already slipping. 
Because Abraham, Moses, and all the rest of them, he had to come himself. And you better thank God that his flesh submitted and obeyed all the way because we wouldn't even have an example. Because all the rest of them failed him somewhere. So that doesn't bother me that I got hang-ups. And that doesn't bother me that I fall back sometimes and, and all of this. That doesn't bother me. I just get up and go, go again. If I, don't make, if I don't get a gold medal, I'm going to run until I finish. Because Brother Mayan and Brother Anthony, they taught me that. You finish whether you're number one or not. I'm going to finish. I'm going to get at it whether I'm any good or not. Now you want to read with me? How well do you read? Can you lift up your voice like a trumpet? Read it with me. Chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. And Jabez was... Israel saying oh that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast be upon me Lord keep me from evil Lord I don't want to grieve you Lord and God granted him his request saying God heard and answered prayer because a man made it his lifestyle and God distinguished him above 500 people that's named before him. Yeah. Now you get that and digest it. 500 names, a myriad of names before this little Jabez whose name means pain. And then he's going to distinguish himself among 500 other names more honorable than all of his generation. More honorable than his brethren. More, he just comes out and stands up there like that. How many of you ever knew about Jabez? Have you ever studied anything about Jabez? No. Uh -uh. That is one of the most unique passages in all of the Word of God. A man almost nobody knows. And the terse manner in which he is introduced to us above the hundreds before him that did nothing worthy of mention, he was more honorable than all, and then your attention is arrested because of the description of this man who distinguished himself. There's a drive within me. There's a drive within you. There's a challenge in every one of us to achieve, to succeed, to excel. It's just there. You want it. It's the secret of a person's success and their excellence. We don't have to achieve prominence on God's scale, but we should ever live with the desire and with the burden and with that demand that is within us. You've got to have that drive. You've got to have that motivation. I want more. I want more. I don't want to be the ordinary. I'm not going to be the regular run of the meal. Not that I want to be prominent in this world, but I want to have power with God. And when I have power with God, I have power with people. Power with God qualifies you to have power with people. And an authority from God gives you authority with people. And we are in the people business. So right now, this name that you hardly knew that's tucked away amid a myriad of other names above 500 in the first chapters of First Chronicles... He is an example of a lifestyle of prayer 
that distinguished him. Now, if you're just reading through the Bible passively and uh, you're not really studying for something, you'll miss Jabez. And these scriptures where all of these names, you'll jump over them. And there's only one thing that distinguished him, and that was that he called upon the God of Israel. That's all. That's all you'll find about this man. Eighty, just a few, just a few little words in that first Chronicles 4. And there, there's the abrupt change. He's never mentioned again. He comes suddenly. He leaves. It's not important. Nothing else is important. Only that the man distinguished himself above a lot of people because he knew how to pray because that was his lifestyle. Going to be a person of prayer. I may never write a book. I may never do this and I may never do that. But I can distinguish myself in the courts of heaven as a person of prayer. Only 80 words, less than 80 words, distinguishes this man, and that's his biography. But they speak volumes. And if they were heeded, do you know what? It would change our lives and change our city and change our world. Because you can distinguish yourself where your city will be the path to your door. You can so distinguish yourself so that even the governor will call when he is thrown from a horse and dislocates uh, 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 something in his back and calls Anthony and says, Anthony, I want the Pentecostals of Alexander praying for me. I'm flat on my back. 24-hour prayer there for the last 30 years. Three-hour stretches. I'm telling you all of this, folks, letting you know it's not done good enough yet. Believe me, it isn't. Everybody in that church is not a prayer warrior. But they're going to see it exampled and they're going to get slapped on them every time because nothing happens only in answer to prayer. So that three-hour prayer shift, 24 hours. No, everybody doesn't sign that. So we're going to try to hook them some other way. Your family's lost, sir. You need to get your families together. Your kids are going to hell. Your country's going to hell. Your city is being ravished. Uh, They're breaking into your home. The evils can't be controlled. You better put up some prayer guards. You better distinguish yourself so the angels will say, I got to go down there and get involved with them. So you better get your family praying. You better get that Sunday school class to praying. You better teach those kids to pray. God, help me. You better teach that little girl to say, Lord, I'm in trouble. They've got me shoved in a corner down this hallway and that showing me a, a knife. It'll change our lives if you'll get a hold of this. So now there are prayer groups. No, they're not meeting together to gossip because there is, there is a pulpit there that's an authority. And that would, that would so quickly be abolished and exposed by the help and grace of God and the authority of the Word and prayer. They're met there for prayer. And they're, they're, they're being matured in prayer. And you can't pray if you don't know the Word. So they have a systematic, uh, structured way of learning the Word so they can pray the Word because the Lord of the harvest would have us know how to put the sickle in and gather this end-time harvest. I'm telling you something, folks. I'm telling you something and we just cannot... We've got to have all of this. Do you understand me? But you've got to have the basics that will tell you I've got to do this every day and distinguish myself. As a prayer warrior, as a soul winner, as a revivalist, 
This man has distinguished himself as a revivalist. He's distinguished himself as a man of faith. You distinguish yourself as an obedient, humble servant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then the Lord will open your eyes and let you get in on all of these things that's available. The Shunammite woman distinguished herself because all of the other women were looking out the windows and saw Elisha pass by every day. Are you hearing me? But not one other woman. Not another one. Not another one went out and prevailed on him as he said last night, don't pass me by. And he always wants to be called upon. The two Emmaus disciples, stay with us. This woman said, come into my house. I'll build you a room. And someday I'm going to put my troubles into that room. And because she distinguished herself, are you hearing me? And built that room. Then she got a boy. Then he died. She put him on the prophet's bed. Remember that? She put him on the prophet's bed. But remember this. Elisha said, Ma'am, there's coming a worse famine than was imposed by man. There's coming a famine from God. I'm going to tell you, you better get your belongings and your family and your household together and go sojourn down in the land with the Philistines. You better go to Philistia. Because this famine is going to be from God because they didn't let that one wake them up. And folks, if what's going on right now doesn't wake you up, God's got something else to wake you up. Because God's going to wake this church up, wake every preacher up, wake every preacher's wife up. Yeah, he's going to do it. Just shake your head this way. He's going to wake me up. My back's to the corner right now. Yours is there. Everybody's there. My back's breaking. Is yours? God's saying, yeah, I've got your attention. She went down there, stayed seven years, sojourned down there. And uh, Jehoram knows that Elisha's about to die. I wasn't even going to tell you this. But God said, tell him. So Jehoram says, come here. Uh, and guess who it was? It was Gehazi. God must have healed him when he went, to, when he went on his way with those four lepers. They, history says that it was he and his three sons. He must have got healed when he went in obedience to God. And da, da, da. So he says, Gehazi, come here. I want to know all about this man of God's acts. Tell me all about him. And she'd been, she'd come back, Shunammite woman had. She was there in the city and they wouldn't let her back in her house. They wouldn't let her have her grounds back and all of her facilities back. And she says, well, I've got to go to the what? King. Say, now I'm forced to go to the king. Come on, say it. Now she's going to distinguish herself again. She walks in there and that, and Gehazi is telling, well, I'll tell you one of his greatest acts was the Shunammite had a son and he died. She laid it in his bed. He came back to life. And when he's telling that, is it coincidence that she walked in? When she walked in, Gehazi says, here she is, and that's her boy. The king says, is that right? And they won't let you have your house back? Tell them, I'm sending a servant with you. You're going to get your house back and they're going to pay you back all those seven years that you've been gone. You're getting back in there. That's what happens, folks, when you distinguish yourself in prayer. Say simultaneously. Simultaneously. Say just in time. Just in time. So, all I know is that I don't study where this man owned any properties. He's never mentioned anymore. I don't know much about him, only a little 80 words. He holds no public office. 
I don't know how much family he had. I don't know much about his deeds. All I know is how, what he distinguished himself in. That's all I know about him. His lifestyle was that of prayer. And out of 500 names, and he's more honorable than all of his brother. First, let's, let, let's, let's understand this. Why was he more honorable? It is this. There, there is something about this that is absolutely amazing to me. It is, it, it, it is the consensus of, of just a very few words describing him. He is a man that said, I'm not going to be like this one. And you've got them all in your church saying, well, they don't do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to be one of the regular ones here in this church. Well, I'll just, I'll go to my class and I'll get in with the preacher and I'll do a few little things, but I'm not going to distinguish myself. I'm just going to do enough to get by. I'm just going to be one of the guys or one of the girls. I'm just going to be one of them. No, he refused that. He said, no, I'm going to be more honorable than my brethren. And to be more honorable, I've got to do something bigger and better than all the rest of them. I've got to be better in my field than they are. Is that awesome? That's awesome to me. I'm not going to be regular run of the mill. I'm not going to be somebody that flies with all of the others. I'm going to be that old eagle that soars high. And he was more honorable because pain, say pain, designated him. Don't resist where you are right now. It's working. Don't get bitter. Get better. Let it cause you to distinguish yourself. I'll hold my head high and I'll give encouragement to others. I'll pray for others instead instead of looking at my own thorn in the flesh. I will distinguish myself because of this pain. I will go forward. And because of that pain, I'll even be better. Because when I'm what? Weak. Then I am strong. And let me just tell you, because of the practice of, say, years, seven to eight hours, say, every day, for years for years to win a little gold medal to win prominence but say with no pain no gain no pain into this I'm talking about no gain and yet we practice so little in the mighty weapons of God so little in prayer so little in fasting so little Ezra distinguished himself as a man to bring back the first expedition from Babylon 500 miles to Jerusalem with the golden precious vessels of the Lord that were weighed out to him that he had to get back to Jerusalem and weigh them in just as they were weighed out to him in Babylon. He said, we ain't going over that 500 mile trek and facing all the dangers that we're going to face until we kneel here at the river Ahava and fast for three days, all of us and our little ones, because we got to have the protection of the Almighty God, because I've done open my mouth and told the king that God would help us get back over there. And he said, and so he distinguished three days, all of us and our little ones, because we got to have the protection of the Almighty God, because I've done open my mouth and told the king that God would help us get back over there. And he said, and so he distinguished himself. Nehemiah distinguished himself as a man who wept and cried and built a wall, say in 52 days, say in 52 days, with no sophisticated equipment, 
Because he knew how to weep and knew how to cry. Say, pain. With no pain, no gain. Ride around the wall, stumble, your horse fall, and you and get up and go on. Just stumble and get up and go on. Are you hearing me? Do you believe me? Do you want to distinguish yourself as making your church great? As lifting up the hands of your pastor? So he didn't achieve prominence in the things of the Lord just because he had everything easy. No. Difficulty was no stranger to the Apostle Paul. Say pain. And say a thorn that he never got rid of. Never got rid of it. His understanding and his revelations. He said that before the foundation of the world, the great unsearchable riches of Christ have been revealed to me. Daniel, pain, no gain. Look at it. Look at every one of them. Say all through the Bible. Jeremiah, preaching, telling the truth, let down in a dungeon Black men came and put, uh, padded it with, with the quilts and all. He was so emaciated to lift him up out of there. But do you read the book of Jeremiah? He happened to be the pastor of Daniel and, and the three Hebrew boys. And he was so powerful that they were able to stand in the courts of Babylon. He distinguished himself. Daniel, nobody like him. Ezra, Jeremiah. All of them, folks. Come on and hear me. Let's get up from where we are today and distinguish ourselves as a Sunday school teacher, as a bus rap, as a Bible study leader. Hallelujah. As somebody that knows how to get a hold of God. Say, Jacob wrestled with God. Oh, and mobilize us for prayer, God. Mobilize us for prayer. It's amazing to me. Jonathan Edwards distinguished himself with the call of prayer in the 18th century. Preached one sermon in uh, sinners in the hands of an angry God tore the place up. They thought they were falling into hell. They screamed and hollered and grabbed hold of post and held on lest they fall into hell. Because he had 500 people praying for him. The next place he preached, he preached the same thing. Didn't work because he didn't have those 500 people praying for him. But his famous call to prayer, the Paysons, the Wesleys, the Moody's, all of them distinguished themselves in prayer. Because they turned continents upside down. Whether they had the fullness of the truth or not, they captured their generation. They captured their generation because they were men of prayer. When prayer ceased, say revival ceased. When Alexander quits praying, there will not be no 400 baptized this year. There will not be no 50 already baptized this year when she ceases to pray. It's not in the charisma of the pulpit. No. It's all those people pulling together saying prayer. Saying Bible studies. Everybody is a soul. I'm, I've got my eyes with everybody. I've got I to gotta get them all. We're not just here to pastor a church and to distinguish ourselves as pastors. We're here to get the job done. We're here to gather the harvest. Doesn't matter about these facilities. God's not going to honor the facilities. They're wonderful and they're a means to help us get the word out. But here's what God's going to honor. The word and prayer. He's not going to... It's wonderful that we got ours paid for. Thank God for it. And they're fixing to throw us into big debt again. Thank God for that. But without prayer and fasting, that won't distinguish us a bit, folks. If it is, it'll just be wood, hair, and stubble at the judgment seat of Christ. And when you learn all of that, you just might as well bring yourself under and say, Hey, I am very... I told them on the way here. I looked at Anthony preaching Sunday night and I said, You lucky man to just get to preach this gospel. If you have to eat... Cornbread and drink branch water just for you to get to preach this. 
how lucky you are. You are fortunate to get in on this out of five billion people. You're fortunate to get to preach this, teach this, get to go to one of these churches, just behave yourself and get in there and pray and love God and love so. And here's, and here's how he did it. Even the Apostle Paul, let me give you that scripture, Acts 14, 22, exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. So don't decry pain. But the central issue in Jabez's case is the praying that distinguished him. Now, how much time do I have? When did I take this? Somebody tell me. Hurry, because we've got others to follow me. How many? I've got other 20 minutes I'll be through. Call me if I'm not because I mean it. No, I mean it. I want it. I'm out of here. <laughs> and Jabez called upon the God of Israel. Now don't get over that too quickly. A man is known for what he does the most. If he does not do much of anything, he is known for nothing. And if a man is to achieve notice in any given area... He must do more of it in that area than anybody else. And a man will never be designated as a man who loves God, who seems to love him less than others. Your love for God must exceed the love that others have for God. And Jabez called on God, say he prayed. So the certainty of his praying, and the consistency of his praying, and the content of his praying, and here's number one. Oh, that thou wouldest bless, say me. Now, that's not wrong to pray for me. Uh-uh. Bless me, and he didn't just stop there. He said, indeed, I want you to really bless me. <laughs> Say, it's urgent. It's urgent. There's an urgency about it. I want you to bless me. I'm doing that today. Now, I'm going to pray for you before it's all over, ma'am, sir. But say, I want to get blessed first. Because if I don't get blessed, I won't be able to give a blessing. I won't be a blessing. Bless me, indeed. Oh, that thou wouldst bless me indeed. It was personal. It was me. It was indeed. Pray for the indeed, the excellence. I want to be extraordinary. I want to distinguish myself. I want to be above the average. I want to be above the regular run of the mill. I don't want to be a copyist. I don't want to be just some little runoff cookie cutter. Greek restaurant where they got something different. I want to go where they got something different. You know, they'll find you in any city if you got something different. Bless me indeed. Bless this church indeed. Bless these pastors indeed. Bless me indeed. And look at this one. And enlarge my real estate. Well, that's what I meant to say because that's my influence. And you can enlarge my coast to go around the world because, like I said, I can stand right here and enlarge my coast. And Lord, enlarge my coast. A man's coast marks the limit of his influence. His coast denotes the realm of his responsibility. He was praying for extended responsibility. Enlarge my responsibility because I want to keep on distinguishing myself. And that is a sign of divine life with more real estate, more influence, more life. I'm talking about in the realm of the Spirit. 
I'm talking about that I want to be desirous of a blessing that I can do more than I'm even doing right now. And I believe God's going to let me do that. I believe God's going to let me do that. And I'm, I may read to you. I don't know what happens in the old gray head that the Lord, that the Lord could use me even in this generation yet because a man prayed that kind of prayer in there. I want you, Lord, thou hast enlarged me, David said, when I was in what? Distress. And that's where say, is anybody in here in distress? Now, I am. I don't mind telling you. I'm in distress right now. But I don't mind telling you I am incarcerated. It's like Paul, not in the Mamertine prison, but I kid our church and tell them I'm in Mamertine prison. But I'm not, I'm not there. I'm not there sleeping. I haven't had a nap one day. You know what I'm doing? God, I'm here. I'm here for a reason. Not just to take care of my 98-year-old mother. I'm going to talk to you and I'm going to learn this word a whole lot better than I knew it when I got in here. So in my distress, I'm going to be what? Say it. He enlarged me in my distress. That's what David said. And David said, I called upon the Lord in distress and the Lord answered me and sent me in a what? I don't believe you hear me today. You're either hearing me so well till I've either knocked the breath out of you. And I mean that. But in my distress, I've called on the Lord and He set me in a what? Say it again. When did it happen? When I was what? In distress. I called on Him. I called on Him. When I was in distress. He set me in a large place. And I'm just about through. And here it is. And that thine hand might be with me. Don't ever pray for anything bigger than what you are if you don't ask God's hand to be on you. Now, if we played the lottery, now you know I'm talking crazy. I said this to my church, so I take a chance saying it to you. If we played the lottery, you know what? Not many of us could stand to win it. Because without the hand of God on you, and you became a millionaire overnight, you would become no tellings what. God's got to enlarge you all along, and that's why you work by the sweat of your brow. That's why you be too good to your children or too good to anybody. You've got to work to get this. Easy money goes easy. Quick, 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 quick things. You don't get quick things, folks. There's no easy way. That's why they're getting in trouble. You've got to work for this. You've got to strive for this. You've got to start at the bottom of the ladder. But if you'll just keep climbing, old snail, make progress every day. You'll distinguish yourself. Keep your hand on me, Lord. You can't trust me with the blessings. You just keep your hand on me. Put your hand on me. I want your hand on my life. Lay your hand on me. Control me. Direct me. Take over. Whip me. Instruct me. Chasten me. <clears throat> Whatever. Whatever, Lord. You keep your hand on me. Don't let me go astray. Don't let me get off of the track. Don't let me get mad and get bitter and run off and pack my duds and take my paper dolls and go home. Keep your hand on me. Keep your hand on me, God. You help me to know how to behave myself. 
Hallelujah. And Lord, you keep me from evil that it may not grieve me. Deliver us from evil, for thine is the power and the kingdom and the glory forever. Amen. Deliver me from evil, Lord. Don't let me do anything today that would grieve your spirit. Don't let me do anything today that would grieve your spirit. Keep me from the evil effects in my life. Keep me from being exposed to evil. Keep my children from all of that trash and garbage and all of that pollution and all of those contrivances of the devil that he's belched out, spewed out, thrown out. All of that on this generation and your kids are a part of this generation. Come on folks and wake up. Get your head out of the sand. My God, keep us from evil. Plead the blood over your home. Our pastor has taught us over and over again, go to your home. Put the blood over every door and over that. Go to your children's room every night, even after you pray with them and have your devotion. Plead the blood over that. Oh, brother, sister, go there. Tell that, tell that sweet daughter of yours with that new baby. Pray over that baby every night. Plead the blood over that every night. I thought I was dying with cancer of the breast in my 30s. I'd go to Anthony's bedroom and I'd get down and I'd say, God, transfer my burden that I haven't got to fulfill to him because I'm dying. My life was slipping away. God healed me miraculously. But I said, God, give him my burden. Give him my desire. Protect him, God. I won't be here to steer him. Give him the right wife. Give him the right desire. Keep him from evil. Protect him. Keep your hand on him. Enlarge his coast. Give him such desires for the word and for prayer. Pray over your children. Plead the blood over them. Go ahead. Does God have favorites and practice preference? Before you answer, let me tell you, in a manner He does. He prefers to answer those, say, who ask Him. And prayer is just asking. Do you know that that spells ask, seek, and knock? So one word tells you what prayer is. Just ask. Ask anything in my name and that the Father might give it to you. Because the flesh is your, it's your representative. But the Father is greater than I. Are you hearing me? So he said, you tell him to let you have anything. Say, Jesus said to let me have it. And that's what prayer is. And God is delighted with the prayers of the righteous. That's what he says. In Jeremiah 33 and 3, he shows great and mighty things to them who call upon him. And you distinguish yourself because God will lay his hand heavily on you. He will enlarge your coast. He will enlarge your responsibility and doors will begin to open for you. By virtue of knocking on doors, I stand here today. Had that never happened, I would have never been standing here because I would have never presumed into this capacity by virtue of that. So God is delighted with me and I feel that. I don't care what you think and I don't mind telling you that I feel that. And I'll tell you how nothing I am and I'll tell you all of my hang-ups and I'll tell you that I am, a, I am a human being, an authentic one. I'm an authentic human being. But I won't tell you this. There is nobody that has a greater desire than I've got to pray, to seek God, to help my family, 
to help the church. I've read in this book where David even carried his mom and daddy up to Moab and told the king there, said, please take care of my mom and daddy while Saul's chasing me all over this country. I've read where Jesus, the last act he did was take care of my mama. I'm telling you, folks, there's just an awful lot. All the bad I've got, I've still got a little bit of good. So I feel real good that God loves me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he's going to hear my prayers. He's going to hear my prayers. Did Joseph take care of his family? Did Joseph take care of his family? Did he forgive them for anything and everything? Let me tell you something, folks. We've got to have some prayer meetings. We've got to feed them. We've got to love them. We've got to... Go ahead and clap your hands back there and let it happen. Forgive your families. Get rid of all of that. Forgive in your church. Distinguish yourself, Joseph, as a forgiver. I could stay all day, but I'm gone. Praying for the right thing and getting it is success, pure and simple. Say, praying for the right thing and getting it is success. Oh, God help us. Say, Elijah, with no credentials, in a big government, he locked up the heavens with praying. Didn't do it. And he was an authentic man. Man of like passions. He and Elisha were so different. One did double more than the other one, but he was not greater. They both distinguished themselves. I don't think Israel ever had two more prophets like them, do you? The effectual verbal prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Say never, take no for an answer. When they go and tell you there's nothing, say I'm going again. When you're talking to somebody and they say, say I'm going again. I'm going to go again. Say I'm going to go again. Say I have no option. I have no recourse. I'm not going nowhere. I found out. I'm going to distinguish myself. I'm going to become a prayer warrior. I read every man in this book, every woman. I read the 11th chapter of Hebrews. I've read them all. Something distinguished them or they wouldn't have gotten this book. Don't stop for a few minutes. Don't stop. Why don't you join the rest of us that's standing? Why don't you join us? Here right now. 
and it not just be words. If you ever realize that your family is hanging on you, your city, your neighborhood, He has never, never failed me yet. Every promise, my God's already kept. And I cannot, I cannot, I will not fail. Neighborhood prayer watch in Alexandria. There were more than 20 signs all over the city. Brother Mangan and I took our neighborhood. When we walked through the doors, our neighbors were weeping and saying, We wondered when you were going to come. We've come to pray for you, our neighbor. I, we, we, we don't try to teach them a Bible study right then and there. We just tell them we've come to pray for you. Our neighborhood prayer watch is to put the blood over our neighborhood, to deal with you that God is the answer to your problems. We wanted to touch you. We just lay our hands on them and we pray for them. A black doctor, uh, uh, a pediatrician, no, uh, uh, an obstetrician, on his way back from delivering a baby, saw the sign, drove up in the church and parking lot and said, I've got some money for those signs. I want to be a part of that neighborhood prayer watch. I saw the sign. I want to get in on that. I may not be a member of your church, but our city needs what that church is doing. I'm going to point people to your church. I'm going to tell them that's a praying church. You've distinguished yourself as people that teach the word all over this city. You're people that's putting a prayer cover, a prayer umbrella, a prayer over this city. And I cannot fail the Lord. We're failing Him if we don't take advantage. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 